you turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in my opinion, I'm not real for sure how it's going to go this morning. Some of you will be scratching your heads, probably all of you at one point, because some of you are going to highly agree with what I say, and some of you are going to say, well, he didn't go far enough in some of these areas. But I will say this, after studying and I will continue to study, because we're not going to get all the way through chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, that I don't think it's all what we think it is meant to, to always say and, and to proceed. And there's been books written on the gifts, haven't there? I mean, whole books, volumes have been written on the gifts. And that's not bad, but I'm going to tell you, there would be volume after volume after volume after volume after volume if we talked about all the gifts. But Paul is just mentioning a few gifts here. But yet we make a big deal about the few gifts that he's talking about here. Yet we should... But I think we need to have balance. Because the truth is, is God has given us all gifts, right? But the point is, is that our gifts are under the authority and under the unction, under the anointing of the Spirit of God. So a gift is just a gift until the Spirit comes and empowers that gift to be used for the kingdom of God. It's just like preaching. You know, I can do these motions and, and I like that. It's just who I am. But I also can do them apart from the anointing. But I will, I, I'll, I'll tell you this much that I've never stood up here outside of the anointing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I want to say this. Let's read. I'm going to read a lot to be faithful to Scripture. Verse uh, 1, we'll start there. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans or Gentiles, right? Non-Jews. You were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. And remember, we talked about idols just being objects. But yet the power behind idols are demonic. And we've looked at Scripture to, to prove that. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? The common good. That's going to be a theme for the next couple weeks. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, distinguishing of spirits or discernment, and another, various kinds of tongues, 
and to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all things distributing, distributing to each one individually just as He wills. Even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not uh, one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand and and I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? Wouldn't that be something? It'd be freaky. If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? Could you imagine a nose walking around? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as He has desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to the member which lacked, so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. I want to give to you this morning three points, as always. But it's questions regarding spiritual gifts. And the second is one Spirit, one Lord, one God. The Trinity. Giving honor to the lesser gifts. But I want to talk about all these things because these are some of the, the prominent questions when we get people that come to our church from the outside. It's it's amazing because they hear we're some... I don't know what they think of our church. But one of the things is the Holy Spirit. And then what do you believe in the gifts? How do they function in your church? I kid you not. And you know, for me being a people pleaser, this doesn't feel good. I've stood right here early on in the pastorate, had somebody walk through the church before church started, and said, do you, do you believe in speaking in tongues? And I said, yeah, I do. And I kid you not, he just turned around and walked out. Never to be seen again. Now that's church growth. Right there. Now here's the deal. I don't blame that brother because there is many things that go on when it comes to spiritual gifts. I don't judge him. Because there are different things and how different people feel. But I will tell you this. We are a church that believes in the spiritual gifts. 
But we also are a church that believes in order. You don't do things out of order. But here's the deal. I don't want to just sit up here and, and play, uh, um, I, don't know, I don't know how to say it, but just because the Word of God says the Holy Spirit, I believe it's true and we don't talk about it. That's not what we're going to do here. And so we're going to talk about the Spirit, but I want to talk about spiritual gifts real quick. Is a spiritual gift is an ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. Spiritual gifts are given to equip the church to carry out its ministry until Christ returns. And we're going to look at Scripture in, in chapter uh, 14. And even 13 it talks about this. And Paul says to the Corinthian church, you're not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. When seemingly natural gifts such as teaching, helps, administration, or musical gifts are empowered by the Holy Spirit, they are generally show increased effectiveness and power in their use. So let me say that again. The spiritual gifts are to empower us to take the gospel to the world and to give us effectiveness. So I'm going to say a lot of things before, but let's, point number one is question regarding the spiritual gifts. You see, I come from that persuasion and what it means to be kooky and crazy. Where the gifts have been used to actually tear others down. And some of you that have been in it long enough, you've seen it happen. But that's opposite of God's heart for His church, isn't it? Because the spiritual gifts are meant to what? Build up and equip. And to comfort. Sometimes it's confrontation. But I can imagine Paul is writing and he's answering a question, right? Verse tw uh, tw or chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts. So this is a question they've asked Paul. And he says, I do not want you to be unaware. And I can almost just hear it saying, because of what we read in the Scripture, is Paul, who is the greatest among us? Because it seems that gifts that we have validate position. Now, the reason I think that maybe this is part of the church's thinking is because of the way it started out, the, the chapter did, or the whole book of Corinthians, is how he talks about there's factions among you. There's divisions among you. And so this fits right into the narrative of what he's writing about. And so I can imagine that they're thinking, my gift is better than your gift. And if we're not careful, sometimes we get the same attitude as if we elevate the gift that God has given and we think we are better than others. But that's not what the gifts are for. They're not meant for you to have power over others. That is not what it's about at all. 
And the reason I think this is because of what we see in verses 14 through 18. That somebody is maybe saying, listen, because I don't have this gift, I'm not equal part of the body. And we know that not to be true. And then later on, this says in verses um, 18 through, through 26, it talks about the member saying, you know, and they cannot say the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. It's not true, is it? And the truth is, is that God has given each of us a spiritual gift to be used in this church, in our community. And you see, you may not realize this, and I'm going to try to keep on track here, is that gifts uh, verify the work of the gospel among us. And that's what he says. And, and then there is a group, and I have to say this, you guys need to know this, that, that there are part of the Christian church, and they are brothers and sisters in Christ, that don't believe the, the gifts exist for today. Okay, and don't let it be a surprise and it's okay because I have good news. But I want to, and, and if I don't tell you that good news, remind me to share that good news with you. But they believe that the, God, uh, the gifts have ceased with the apostles. That it was a validation of the ministry and the exaltation of Christ for their time. And so no longer do we need it because we have the Bible and His Word. But it's not true. Because nowhere in Scripture does it say the gifts have ceased. Nowhere. But I will say this, those same brothers and sisters that say the gift have exist are the same brothers and sisters that continue to spread the gospel throughout the world with great effectiveness. So I scratched my head and I'm thinking, hmm... The Spirit moves. Whether we acknowledge Him moving or not, He moves through His children. And so we're going to acknowledge today that we believe in the gifts and, and we're going to talk about them. But I have to point this out to you in verses 4 through 6. There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of ministries, the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. So I want to just make this real clear right here. This is talking about Godhead, the Trinity, is working in all areas of life within the church. The Spirit, the Lord, and our God. And this is extremely important. But yet, as we see in verse 7, that each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Do you know your spiritual gift?
I will say this to each one of us. God has given each one of us a special gift. And it's not like anybody else's gift per se. I used to have this shirt that I was given for my birthday that really makes me feel proud. You're unique, just like everybody else. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. But isn't that true? How God works. And so I want to ask you today, like, like what is your gift and what has the Holy Spirit breathed in you to bring to the body and to build the body up, not tear it down? And this is where I was saying earlier that I think Paul has just mentioned some gifts here. But isn't it interesting that we have made mountains out of certain gifts? What is one gift that we've made a mountain out of? Tongues. What has been the one gift that has divided the church? Tongues. But it doesn't make tongues any less valuable and a gift. And so I want to say this because I think it's important. We don't believe here. And I am under the opinion because of the word, and we're going to talk about it next week, is that not everybody speaks in tongues. But some do. And Paul even encourages that don't... So this is where I kind of scratch my head. He says, don't forbid speaking in tongues. So I want to talk. You've got the list in your bulletin. And I did that because it's not exhaustive, but I did that so that you... Because you probably couldn't write down everything that I was going to say, but I want to give you a parameter for the gifts. And Paul mentions some. The word of knowledge is a spiritual gift. It's a special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to discover, accumulate, analyze, and clarify information and ideas for a particular situation. And I'll give you an example that we see in Scripture about a word of knowledge. Remember Solomon? When they brought a baby to him, I would say, actually, I would say that's probably wisdom. Let me go back. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll go back to the word of wisdom. But a word of knowledge, so please scratch that out of your head, which is really hard after somebody really messes up and points it out. But a word of knowledge is speaking into a situation that God drops in your heart and you're able to say something that encourages somebody. Okay? And then a word of wisdom, right? He says that is a gift. And that is a special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to know the mind of the Holy Spirit in such a way as to receive insight into how given knowledge may be best applied to a specific need. And that's where I would say Solomon got, had uh, the gift of wisdom. And we know that. It's not a surprise. 
But remember when he took the baby and he sat there and, and challenged the mothers and he got the answer. I believe that was a gift, word of wisdom. Also, faith is a gift. Oh, I just love those faith people. They get on my nerves. Oops. <laughs> so you that got the gift of faith, oh, you're under the pastor's crosshairs. <laughs> I'm going to say this. Faith, the gift of faith, is an extraordinary confidence, the will and purposes of God for His work. It is different than saving faith. I do not want us to be confused. It's not the same as saving faith. But you've met these people. And sometimes they're crazy. But they will stand in confidence on the Word of God. And they will not be budged by anything you say or do. To me, that is a gift of faith. And as much as this timid old pastor is, I need that gift in the body. And when I'm lacking that faith, when I'm lacking, oh no, all life is terrible, I'm going to go and I'm going to grab somebody that has a gift of faith and say, speak to me, faith. Isn't that what the body is about? Now it can be taken to extreme, and the extreme is that, that what you say will be done. And that is not in the Word of God. Let me say that again. That is not in the Word of God. People that have a gift of faith can take God's Word, and God speaks to them. They stand on that, and they will not be moved, and I'm thankful for that. What about the gift of healing? It's for the purpose of healing those who are sick or injured. But isn't it true that we try to throw out the baby with the bathwater? Isn't it true? So God has, has so anointed certain people, and I don't know why He does this, but He gives the gift of healing to certain people. They walk around, they heal people, but all of a sudden those people that have the gift of healing become famous, too famous in my opinion. And we get our eyes off of Jesus and on to them, and that is a grave mistake. But it doesn't mean there's not a gift of healing. What about those who can affect miracles? And we learned this through VBS. They, it was, VBS is good. You should have been there. If you weren't, it's like healing and miracles are two different things. When Jesus turned the water into wine, that was a miracle. When he calmed the sea, that was a miracle. And some people have gifts to, effect, to the effecting of miracles. And that is when humans stand in the gap to perform powerful acts that are perceived by observers 
to have altered the ordinary cause of nature. Crazies! Am I the only one that thinks they're crazy? You hear what I'm saying here? Part of me is, man, God, these gifts are pretty cool and, and really awesome and thank you for them because it advanced the kingdom. And the other part is weird and I don't need these things. And then Paul talks about the gift of prophecy. And I want to point this out very clearly. And I will not budge from it. Prophecy should never be spoken outside of the parameters of Scripture. And when we hear people predicting the future, all it is is a prediction. That's all it is. How many of you guys remember this? And I have to point this out is, is that there were a lot of prophecies and I'll probably get myself in trouble. But can I, can you have grace for me this morning? What about all the prophecies of Trump? Okay, that, that's fine. I can deal with that. But they didn't come to pass. And then somebody has the audacity that is a prophetic, supposedly a prophetic voice and say, you know what, those prophecies were true. It was mankind that didn't bring it to pass. And I'm just like, that is a great excuse. And a lie. So listen, prophecy and the gift of it, it is real. It is to receive and communicate an immediate message of God to His people, but not apart from His Word. And if you hear very closely, is I pray that the pulpits are full of pastors that do have prophetic voices because sometimes there needs to be clarion calls to us as a body that God is speaking a certain word. You think about it, for the last month and a half here, we've had different people speaking. And if we have the church has ears to hear, we need to hear the prophetic voices that are being spoken, but none of it is outside of His word. And then another gift given, and me and my wife talk about this quite often, is the distinguishing of spirits. Discerning the spirits that are happening all around you because we are finite beings and we live in a spiritual world and there are all kinds of things that want to throw its ugly head and rear its ugly head against us and cause us to trip and fall. We need to have those in the body that have a gift to discern what spirit certain things are of. And I believe I have that gift, and I think it's a, it's a grace, but I will say this, is that when I am trying to distinguish and discern what spirit some people are, or what spirit is behind something, I will not just sit there and say, this is what I think. I will go to others 
and submit what I'm thinking and feeling and say, what do you think? What do you feel? So none of these gifts I want you to know are unto yourselves. They have to be submitted and they need to be submitted to the body of Christ. And if this is your church, you must submit it to the elders. And then I'm going to talk about this. And and again, this is just a quick introduction. So it's the gift of tongues. How many of you speak in tongues here? Okay, there's the door. (laughs) <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, but, yeah. Are you telling me by it? I think she just told me by it. Tongues are real. I speak in tongues. But it's also in order. Tongues is also the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. So when we see tongues spoken in the book of Acts, we need to put it in right perspective is they were speaking another language, a man-made language. Let's make that very clear. That's why I could get up here and speak Turkish to you and it would be barbaric to you. You would have no clue. And for this Arkansas boy to, to learn another language, that's pretty cool. It is. It's a, it's a miracle. That's a miracle. And it's funny, there's a joke amongst missionaries that this is the one gift we believe in. Lord, please give us the gift of tongues like, so we don't have to put in the work of learning a new language. He never did it, at least not for me. So there is that order where God will speak to people through their own language, through a person that may not know that language. It's real. It's reality. It doesn't always happen in the Western church because I think we've, we've kind of put the gifts down, but in the third world or the second world, whatever you want to call it, it happens still today. But then there's also the tongues of angels. And I don't want to dismiss it in Scripture, right? Uh, Chapter 13, verse 1, and it's talking about love, but it says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. And then 14, we're going to talk about it, is there is an unknown tongue. But I will say this, if you speak in tongues in this church, you need to do it in order or be silent. And it's true. If there's no, and we'll talk about it, I, I just put your antennas way up, some of your red flags, and woo, 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 woo. But it needs to be done in order. And then there's the interpretation of tongues. It is to make known the message of the one who speaks in tongues. And if that's not present in an assembly, then you need to be silent or do it unto yourself. Period. Okay? All right. 
We could say we're done, but lunch is, yeah, we probably need to be done. But let's go to point number two. And then I got point number three. But I know better than to go to point number three today. One Spirit, one Lord, one God. Verses 12 and 13, Paul says this, and I want, you to, I want you to know this, and I'll talk about it more in the future, but listen, it is God who wills. It is God who gives the gifts. You cannot force spiritual gifts. If you are forcing spiritual gifts, you need to be careful that you do not open yourself up to demonic spirits. And we need to be aware of that. Verse 12 says, For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one Spirit. So listen, no matter what gift you have, you were meant to drink of the Spirit. And we need to know this. It's for the common good. It's for us to grow. So if you come here and, and you're new amongst us and God has given you a gift, I want to ask you just be patient to use that gift until we get to know you. Maybe that's my own timidity, but, but that's what I ask for order. But I will say this, gifts do not equal maturity. But we need to grow. We need to know how to use the gifts. But here is what it all comes down to is the triune God, is that God is not a God of disorder. Remember, we have the Holy Spirit, we have Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and we have the Father God. So that now we've opened up the can of worms, I'm going fishing. I'm going to stop here. And there's a reason because it would be too much. But I want you to know today that we are in a time and in a generation that we need the gifts of God. And we need the Holy Spirit to empower us to do ministry. As the world goes colder and darker and more cynical, we need to be people who are more of prayer, more of the Word, and in power of the Spirit. Some of you were around for the 70s Jesus movement. Most of you were. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know I'm just joking when I say these punchlines I really am I, so don't get mad and, and don't get offended for your older brothers and sisters today please because it's all fun 
This is the body. The 80s and 90s, there was so much revival and just renewal that happened. But there was also counterfeits. And I want to know, I want you to know the difference between counterfeits and real. Is the real is when Christ is being exalted and people are being saved. The counterfeit is when people are leaving the church. Well, you know what I mean. And being hurt. So what we want to do here is we want to just say, Lord, we surrender to you. We want the gifts for your glory, not for our glory, for your glory. And we want to see the lost saved. And you will keep us until the day of our redemption. If you'd stand with me, we're going to end in worship today. We're going to, make, we're going to ask God to take this word and, and cause order to it in our lives. So let's pray. Father, I know that your word is true. that we want to live by your word and according to your word, Lord. And so we ask you today that you would make it clear to us the gifts that you have given. Lord, we're tired of walking in our own strength and in our own way of doing life and our own using of gifts. Lord, I pray that you would empower our gifts by you, Holy Spirit, that they would have an effect. And Lord, your word says that if we wait upon you, will not grow weary. And you would renew our strength, Lord. And then, Jesus, you ask us to come in Matthew 11, Lord, to come all who are heavy and, and, and weary, Lord, and burdened. And I know you enough, Holy Spirit, that when we are not doing ministry and life on our own, but you are empowering us, it is a lot easier and a lot more fruitful. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would do your work in us. And Lord, as you do your work in us, I pray that you would show us the gifts that you have given us, Lord, and this is not an exhaustive list. We realize it and we know it, Lord. And then we ask that you would show us that we may walk in those gifts and in the power and the anointing of the Spirit that you have sent to us. And then I ask, Lord, as you work in us, that you would work through us. Fathers, we started out this service, Lord, in Colossians. Lord, I want to just turn back to You, Christ, and say all things were created through You and by You and for You. And we want the world to know. But Lord, we cannot do it in our own strength. We need Your Spirit. So Holy Spirit, with all that is within us, we just say welcome. We ask you to come to fill us, 
with more. You are the promise. And you are our guarantee until Christ returns. So do your work this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.